I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, I'm Claire Mutimer. And I'm Susie Corson. Welcome to The Backstory. In each episode, we'll be hearing about an experience that has happened to someone that shaped who they are. 30 minutes that remind us that everyone's dealing with something. So we're a documentary podcast. A docupod. Except you made that word up. This run of four has a particular theme. We're looking at people whose jobs involve doing good of some sort. So we have coming up in this season some fascinating and honest accounts, including a nurse who tells us what it's like when your personal life meets your professional one and the world and work of two homeless hostel workers. But firstly this week, it's a story of two friends who were business partners, Nick and Oz, and they set out to do good by setting up a social enterprise that ran some really amazing projects. Nick and Oz quickly realised that in the world of community work, their high standards were tricky to maintain or were often undermined, but they stuck to their guns. But then, this summer, Oz died. Today we hear from Nick Little on how hard it is to do good and how it's even harder when you suddenly lose your best friend and business partner. So I know you had something that happened in your life. Where would you like to begin today? Um, well, if I start uh, in the Pyrenees, <laughs> actually. Um, so in 2008, yes, 10 years ago, um, I'd been working at the library for a few years um, and decided I wanted to do, do a challenge, a, a physical, mental challenge, right. which I do from time to time. So I, I'd never hiked before. I thought hiking was nerdy and boring and all the rest, but I thought I'll, I'll go on a hike and looked some up um, and saw that there was one. It's called the GR10, and you start uh, on the Atlantic coast in France. You're supposed to start with your feet in the sea, and you walk all the way across the Pyrenees to the Mediterranean and finish with your feet in the sea there. It, it took two months, and it was 580 miles and a lot of climbing. It was brilliant. Um, anyway, I came back um, and was doing community librarian job, um, and on my first day, someone said, "Oh, there's a someone's been in with a with a project that is perfect for you. Um, you'll you'll have an email from me." So I looked through, and I found this email, um, and it was introducing someone called Oz, um, 
Oz Osborne, who wanted to uh, organise an event called a Human Library. And I read a paragraph that he had written about what it was, and I immediately knew this was the best idea I'd, I'd ever heard. <laughs> it was just simple and brilliant. And so Nick got together with Oz to run the Human Library, an organised event where people borrowed a person rather than a book. The idea is to pick a person who best represents your individual prejudices and meet them head on by sitting and talking for half an hour with someone who was, for example, disabled, transsexual, Muslim. One of the strengths of Nick and Oz's relationship was their clarity of how the human library should be run. But other organisations took the concept and altered it. You really have to think about what you're doing because... Um, although people might have thought they were doing a good thing by taking this concept and opening it up to more people, actually that was diminishing the, the, the values of the human library, which is to challenge prejudice and discrimination and do it head on. Um, it, yes, and people who already had a voice were giving an, given another voice, another platform. The point about the human library is those people who are marginalised, who are judged, who have things shouted at them in the street, that might be the victims of hate crime or whatever, are put in the centre of the stage and it's their voice that's heard. And those of us who might knowingly or unknowingly make prejudgments are presented with that. It's like a mirror held up to, to society and you don't always like what you see. Tell me about Oz. You became business partners, is that right? Yeah, yeah, business partners, best friends, really. Um, he, he was a great bloke. He was incredibly kind. Um, he was a brilliant listener. Um, but he was a really original thinker, both of us, um, creative thinkers we we try and find new ways of doing things we get very frustrated with the same old event with a table and leaflets and banner behind you know yeah. we'd want to do something um so i think why we got on very well is that we would discuss these things in in quite a lot of detail and we would we would get frustrated with 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 other people who work in a similar field that kind of thought well if you've got good intentions then that's all that matters but as we've seen if your good intentions are ruining something um, that the outcome is not positive the outcome for the human library meant that loads of other people copied the poor example because that's easy um, and so yeah sometimes it's, it's very hard to do good um, particularly if you're committed to those values that other people are, are perhaps not not so committed to um i can give you another example that's perhaps the best one i was wearing my 12th man hoodie so the 12th man is a men's mental health campaign that oz and i created um uses the analogy of, of the football crowd and tries to take the, the positives that men can display in a football crowd showing emotion um giving their team kind of unconditional support and um, often people will challenge bad behaviour if it's um, against their team or whatever. Right. But also it shows the hypocrisy in that then sometimes men will behave in exactly the same way when it suits them. Right. Um, so we thought we'd, and we, we're convinced that that's a very uh, a unique concept that's that's needed. Um, the struggles we'd have is people say, well, um, why is this only for men? 
And we'd think, well, because 76% of all suicides are men, because three quarters of all, all prisoners are, are men, because not, I think 90% of homeless people are men. It's just, you know, there's a, there's a, obviously a clear issue. Imagine, yeah. yeah. But people say, well, we, we, we've got a bit of a problem here because, um, we, we we need to get this past our equalities board, and we we don't have anything that that excludes uh, uh, women from, particularly around sports and things like that. And we'd say, but this isn't about sport; <laughs> it's, right. it's just uses the name the twelfth man. Um, but but then I remember Oz saying in a meeting, I won't say who it was with, but it was with a very very high profile sports organisation. Right. And um, they were like, we, we love this. We, you know, we were down to the last three of the campaign they wanted to support. But um, we think it would be better if it was called the 12th person. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we thought, no, it wouldn't be better. Um, and we didn't know what to do. I remember I was phoning me and saying, you know, what, what, what should we do here? Because this is such a good opportunity. But we're, we're not, they're, they're insisting we can't do this around men and I remember saying let's ditch it let's let leave them we, we'll stick to our guns and it will turn out right for us in the end anyway we, we had another meeting before we finally walked away from it and I remember I was saying uh, can I just ask a question to this person can I do the race for life and they were really bewildered by it and uh, this is where he was, had a brilliant mind and they sort of said, what, what do you mean? He said, well, the race for life is cancer research, isn't it? And it's around breast cancer. And we looked it up and said, look, this is only women can do the race for life, but men get breast cancer too. And people thought, oh, well, yeah, but that's a different thing. That's a different... No, it isn't. The, the same principle applies. Most of the breast cancer um, statistics apply to women so and you need to raise awareness to get people to go get screened and all of that so that's why the race for life exists and why it targets women it's not saying that that issue is solely about women it's just that that campaign is trying to address that demographic yeah. and I don't know any men who are out there campaigning to change the race for life right, yeah. <laughs> so that men can take part as well so what happened next with you and Oz? Oz and I had been working on the Human Library for around six months and Ronnie Abigail, who's the founder of the Human Library, his brother Danny, who also worked on it, uh, came to visit us in Norwich. I'd previously met Danny in London a few months before and he was pleased with the way that we were approaching the Human Library um, and they were starting to direct some inquiries to us just to help help other people um so danny came to our event here and we were really pleased about that and then afterwards um we were going to go for a pint and, and sat with him and i was really it's like meeting one of my heroes you know and yeah. we were getting into the nitty-gritty of all the methodology behind it and and i just said look i'm really sorry i'm gonna have to go i'm going to the football and pulled out my norwich scarf and Oz, at that point, I, had, I never would have thought he was a football fan. Talking about prejudice, he was vegetarian, he was a community do-gooder, all this stuff. <laughs> and wouldn't have thought he was a football fan. And he just looked at me and said, oh, you're not a Norwich fan, are you? And I knew immediately what that meant. And I said, yes, I am. I said, you, you're not a binner, are you? And he said, I have to explain, look up binner. It's a, it's a prejudicial slur towards Ipswich fans. Um, he... Uh, he said, yeah, I am. And uh, so I just thought, thought, all right, well, I'm going. And I went and I remember phoning my dad. 
and saying, oh, you know that bloke I've been working with on the human library? He's like, yeah, yeah. And he said, uh, I said he's an Ipswich fan. And my dad was like, oh, he's not, is he? Oh. <laughs> and there was honestly a few minutes where I was thinking, I don't like this as much as I did a few minutes ago. <laughs> I quickly got past it. And actually, it was brilliant. It, it was fantastic for us to be able to use it in training and to be able to not just the, the Ipswich Norwich thing, but but neither of us spoke about football. He assumed I work in a library, he's not going to be interested in football. I assumed that he's this sort of community where he's not going to be interested in football, but we were fanatical about it. Both but absolutely fanatical. So, I mean, football was a huge then part of our relationship for, for the next, next few years. And, yeah. Can you tell me about you and Oz and how you work together? Yeah, we... we we worked together. I mean, I spoke to him probably every day for about 10 years. Um, we worked really, really closely together. We worked very well together. We only ever had one argument, and that was a, it wasn't really an argument. It was after about 12 days of working together in Birmingham, and uh, I said that Formula One wasn't a sport, and he challenged that. I firmly believe I'm right. <laughs> um, we just got on. We got on really well as individuals. We we understood each other's the way we worked. We we had the courage to say no, um, and we worked hard. Um, but we also were different. He would challenge me, and I'd challenge him on things. I think I encouraged him to be um, bolder. Um, he encouraged me to be more diplomatic uh, at times, and we we just. Yeah, we just got on absolutely brilliantly. Things, times were hard for us, you know, particularly when we had to turn down work and then financially it would be difficult for us. But I know that we wouldn't have had it any other way. Um, obviously, he sadly, he sadly died quite recently. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's devastating, really. I mean, he's um, he was such a good good bloke and he did so much for so many people and I really realised the full extent of that when, when he was ill. He, he had a hemorrhage. Um, it was on the 1st of August. We were going to meet with the barbers that we'd been working with on the 12th Man uh, campaign. And um, he sent me a message to say he wasn't feeling very well um, to cancel the meeting, which we did. And then I think an hour or so later, he had a hemorrhage at home with his wife um, and obviously an ambulance was called and he, and he got to hospital but he'd lost a, a lot of blood um, hemorrhage was in his chest and um, yeah and then so by the time I got to hospital he was he was on a life support machine and, and all that because he had um, had multiple organ failure as a result of the, the blood loss um, but he he then yeah, for about a week um was was fully sedated and um, fully supported, and they started to to um, try and introduce, try and reintroduce some of his, his organs. And unfortunately, in the end, it, it wasn't successful. But he was able; they were able to lift the sedation, so we were able to talk. And there's about another week where we were able to, um, you know, we said everything we we wanted to say. I love I loved the man, you know, I, I truly loved him. Um, and I know that he thought I was all right as well. <laughs> and, um, but it was more, um, it was the other people that I, I organised a lot of visits um, with a lot of the people that we'd worked with and to hear 
some of their stories about how what he meant for them was was incredible. Um, but also some things, a lot of things we didn't know about, a bit like when George Michael died, you hear all these stories. So a lot of these were football related. He There was a post that was put on the, an Ipswich Town fans uh, forum that say he was unwell. And just all these people just came out, oh, I know this guy. Um, I was once on here and I mentioned that um, I wasn't wasn't feeling very well, so had a bit of depression. He contacted me and he drove all the way to Bury St Edmunds and met with me and chatted and you know all these things. And I thought I did, never knew any of this stuff. And um, and I knew that he did that because he's been very supportive of my mum um, after my dad died. My dad died two years ago, um, and he was he knew my dad and he's close with my mum. And, and you know, he'd, my mum might phone me and say, oh, "Oh, I've just seen Oz," and I'd think what <laughs> why and he says oh he, you know he came around he was lovely and and then I'd phone I'd say what, what were you doing around my mum and she's oh I was in the area and I'd sort of press him and I realised he wasn't in the area he went to see her you know uh-huh. things that like he'd send sent my mum messages on on my mum and dad's wedding anniversary and stuff like that you know just lovely little things that he would do um yeah, it's just a, remarkably thoughtful, very, very kind. Um, I mean, he was just brilliant. He, he, he was a unique... He, the way he thought about things was, was always different to, to everybody else. And not, not to be different, it just was. He could look at things from, a, from another point of view. And, yeah, I'll miss that a lot. Um, I miss it now. You know, I really, so many things I wish I could call him and tell him about, um, including like he's a we've we've won an award. We, we're getting on Wednesday. Um, I really want to tell him, yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah. I can't, you know. Yeah. And things like a couple of weeks ago, I was on TV. I was on Anglia News live, and afterwards, obviously, everyone was sending me messages of congratulations and all that. I, I was depressed for four days afterwards. You know, I I felt such a mixture of emotions I felt very exposed that um I that he wasn't with me anymore I, I wasn't at all nervous um, you can tell I like talking so that that wasn't an issue it was it was the fact I thought he should have been there and um we should be doing this together and it seems just ridiculous that somebody in the middle of their life who's 46 has, has died like this um and so that yeah that that was it's in a weird way you're getting a lot of praise and and you, all these opportunities are coming um and you f- you feel guilty right. you feel guilty yeah. about it and you you feel you don't deserve it and of course i know that i do one of the oz's biggest uh, bugbears with me was that i created the 12th man <laughs> campaign not him because he loved it but you know i i can't help but feel um as, as as great as I felt to be able to have that exposure, and it's been brilliant for for the campaign. It leaves you with a with a it's bittersweet, yeah. you know. A successful partnership means that everything is always better than it would be with if you're doing it individually. Whether that's a marriage, a friendship, a, a business partnership, you know, any kind of relationship like that. Yeah. Um, if it's the, not the right partnership, then it isn't. Yeah. It, it can be worse. Um, and it's about finding those people. And, and I think for Oz and I, we knew as soon as we met each other. 
um it's love at first sight and all oh. that <laughs> but you know that that you just know you just know i think i can work with this person and we we were committed to work together for the rest of our lives and sadly for us that was much sooner than than we thought it would be mm. i've even been to ipswich and, and sat in the north stand you know um with his wife and some others and you know that's that's a big thing for me so now having had this long time with Oz um and having lost him do you have to like readjust the way you work yeah completely I've just um left one job <laughs> um to do the work that Oz was going to be doing um mainly on the 12th man project right. um I, I talked to him right at the end. We talked about the outsiders and, you know, I promised him that it would carry on. He said, you you have to carry on. Um, and I, I'm absolutely determined to do so. I'm really determined now um, in a way that I wasn't before. I feel I owe him a lot. Um, but I suppose, yeah, the, the the way we work hopefully won't change. I'm not going to give up on the values and, and I'm going to maintain that courage of conviction that we had. Um, it, I'll, just, I'll just miss him a lot because there was only, there was only one Oz Osborne. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, Claire, Oz Osborne, what an amazingly cool name. Um, and just 
remind me, he died in August of this year, didn't he? August 2018. Yeah, that's right. Um, he was only 46 and Nick and Oz had worked together for 10 years. So I really felt for Nick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it certainly got us thinking again about partnership work, hasn't it? It's yeah. really, really interesting. And I can certainly see why their partnership works I'm I'm still perhaps trying to work out why ours does but <laughs> yeah you know they had I suppose those same shared values and quite high ambitions didn't they and obviously both had a really good sense of humor and just buckets of kindness yeah definitely um Nick says he keeps going to ring or tell Oz something oh, and then he can't you yeah know, and it's it's yeah it's hard I can imagine that yeah um also, I think Nick is aware of how rarely this kind of friendship and work relationship comes along. Um, if he meets someone else in his line of work to partnership up with, then it might be tricky to be equal partners like they were. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, you know, definitely being in a partnership changes the whole way that you might work. And I I do really feel for Nick actually having to carry on working on the same projects alone because you definitely, well, for me anyway, definitely get so much more confidence from being you know working as a twosome you know you share the responsibility you can laugh at stuff um if everything's getting a bit more stressful I think perhaps you're a bit bolder and stick with things a bit more so definitely um yeah we've always said we would have given up this ages ago yeah, if we hadn't got it done I'm still it not quite sure why we haven't yeah but... <laughs> yeah um there's lots of people out there wishing we had um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the good news is that Nick is is really likable. Well, I, I really liked him and, and amusing. So I think that people will be queuing up to work with him um, when he's ready. But that in itself will be hard, of yeah. course. Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, shall we move on to honestly what you have not stopped talking about all week? Um, your trip to the cinema last week all by yourself. Oh, <laughs> yeah um blissful a small moment of peace yeah, otherwise full-on week i went down to cinema cinema city in norwich to see my old work colleague tim wardle's documentary film three identical strangers okay and i know from the little bit that i've read and from your report that it was absolutely amazing but i also know that you're very keen not to give anything away so strictly without any spoilers Tell us a little bit about the film, what it's all about. Yeah, but it's such a brilliant film. Um, what's not to love about seeing people age over time? That's always kind of, you know, I find that kind of fascinating, yeah. um, which this film does. And and about seeing three identical men, age 19, meet up for the first time. Um, and they were so alike, it's not true. Um, so they are triplets, They yeah? are triplets, identical okay. triplets. Um, and then seeing them age and... That's not to mention the twists and turns of the film. Which you're not that. going to tell us anything about, are I'm you? I'm not. Okay. It really did have an amazing narrative, though. Um, and the interviews were very coolly shot. And and it incited a discussion inside your head, which is another part of the good documentary recipe, I would say. And you um, started, you found that you've just been kind of thinking about it. Yeah, since. I've thought about Certainly it. Ever talking it. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's kind of nature versus nurture debate. Okay. And... Yeah, go and see if it's on near you um, or grab it on Netflix as soon as it's available because it's just fascinating if you like documentary. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, well, I do desperately want to see it. I can't get to see it while while it's on at the cinema, but hopefully I will get to see it soon. Um, I suspect the next batch of films that I'll be watching will be 
kind of Christmas films, but yeah. we do Christmas films a bit differently in our house. I think this, yeah. this well, in the summer, we had a big family get together and... As part of that, for some reason, we all sat down and watched The Shining. Yeah, this isn't like most families. No, I know. I know. It sounds a bit macabre, doesn't it? But <laughs> my mum really likes stuff like that. My my brother is a massive film buff and my oldest daughter's really getting into films now. So it's kind of nice, you know, yeah. this multi-generational cozying up around the telly, watching people, you know, get... Stab each other in the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know we that's how we bond in in our house and i think this christmas we might be watching the original omen Ooh. if you've never seen that it's a corker well happy films around at yours um most people are watching arthur christmas i don't know if you realize it's no, no interest um, in that no and i'm probably enduring another outing of madagascar with oh, my six-year-old and three-year-old <laughs> well susie and her gang are settling down to the omen there we go Absolutely. everyone's christmas is different yeah <laughs> takes all sorts okay moving on what is our podcast recommendation for this week claire well, this week I listened to IPM Carrying My Friend's Baby, um, yeah. which is about exactly that. Um, which is about carrying surrogacy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not just lifting a baby. Not off just the lifting. <laughs> no. That would be odd. <laughs> that would um, be. So, yeah, all about surrogacy. Short story. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, would you ever do that? Surrogacy? Well, yeah. Uh, no. No, I don't think I would. I mean, my pregnancies were you know they were okay but they were not without the odd problem and I think I think maybe if I was going to pop one out for someone else then it would have to be a family member or you know very very close friend perhaps yeah yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's an amazing thing to do I think isn't it it is but, it's um, incredible it's yeah. like the biggest gift you could give anybody yes. um and that's what this program is about but yeah I, I was so sick and I felt so awful for four months so it would have had to have been like <laughs> like a sister that I don't have um to to have done it I think yeah yeah it's it's a great gift but it's really you know it's tough being pregnant yeah it's it takes very hard you. work definitely yeah there was the Louis three documentary on oh recently yeah I about that. yeah surrogacy in the states and obviously their their system is different from ours and there are higher payments involved aren't there and agencies um, yeah it's kind of manage the whole process and full it was, of moral nightmares that isn't it yeah um, not without its problems definitely it felt very uncomfortable in places so do you think if you couldn't have kids you would be sizing up other people's wombs and seeing if you could um, definitely yeah, would you? <laughs> i'd be like you would they have question. quite an easy pregnancy <laughs> like they seem to give birth quite well okay. like because Good actually some people do do that really easily they do, don't they they absolutely. make it look so easy my friend penny she can just you know, pop them pop out. Them out. Whereas other people, you're just like, oh god, there's no you know, chance. There's no chance. No, there I'm was never going to be a chance with me. You know, like it's definitely just be too much option. And so this brings on to our final thing today, which is to draw the prize for our Christmas straw. Dun, dun, dun. And the book we're giving away, actually, Little Fires Everywhere, is along these lines of surrogacy and adoption and everything. Um, what's best for the kids? So. Um, yeah, I recommend the book um, and somebody's going to be winning it. So thanks to everyone who entered. All your names are in the hat and we are going to be putting one out. Okay, so it's time for the big draw. It is indeed. Ready for the name. And it is, dun, 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 drum roll, please. It's Sarah Jane Hewitt. Oh, fantastic. So Sarah Jane, congratulations. We will get that to you very quickly and hopefully in time for Christmas, actually, which would be lovely. Great. Well, we're back next week with a story of how it is to do good looking after the homeless. And we will ping into your inbox on Christmas Day. 
So if you need to escape the rallies for half an hour, nip off to a quiet spot or head out on a walk to have a listen to Backstory. Or otherwise, a good one for Crimbo Limbo. Happy Christmas, and remember, there is plenty of support if your Christmas doesn't go to plan. We'll be putting details of organisations to support you on the show notes this week as well. Bye-bye. Bye. We are The Backstory Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at The Backstory Pod on Twitter. Search for The Backstory with Claire and Susie in your podcast directory. For sponsorship opportunities, or if you'd like to take part in a show, please contact hello at thebackstorypodcast.co.uk. The Backstory Podcast is produced by Tin Shared Productions.